All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Laura Canfield Show, the Awakened Happiness Now Global Series. Thank you so much for being here with us. And if you are watching live on YouTube or if you're watching later on the replay, please do subscribe and continue to join us on our live shows or the replays where we share uh, with our wonderful guest speakers, wonderful wisdom, tools, resources, support, uh, all things consciousness, uh, all things, well, not all things spirituality, but consciousness, awakening, uh, being more aware, and resources to help you get stuck, and at the same time, know who more of who you are, right? This is about you embodying the truth of who you are and more of who you are, the light that you are. That is my greatest wish and intention and desire to support you in this way, um, in any way that I can, this is one way that I do support uh, my community. So please join me and my and my guests in these wonderful shows. There's always so much to learn, always so much to receive, always so much to let go and release as well. So today, my good friend Elizabeth Wood is back with us. And I'm going to tell you, it's going to be an amazing conversation, amazing call. We always have wonderful conversations. And at the same time, so much is going on that you know sometimes you don't even understand so just be with it just stay in your heart space expand out let go and just you know embrace right so today we're talking about a time of mastery the deep field of mysticism uh with elizabeth wood and some of the some of the concepts we're going to discuss today are how the clear wave reveals the truth how to take advantage of this time what's the what the best next steps are for our lives and a glimpse of what 2023 holds for us. It's already started. We've already gotten a few glimpses, right? We already know things are changing and shifting. And of course, we'll be taking some live caller questions. And Elizabeth always shares some wonderful processes, practical processes, easy processes that we can all start to implement in our daily lives. And for those of you who don't know Elizabeth, um, like I said, she's been with us many times. We have wonderful, expansive conversations, and she is considered a world-class seer. She works on the cutting edge of galactic and quantum anthropology. She's had a lifelong ability to see into all dimensions. And with this gift, she enjoys combining a scientific approach with spiritual human experience. Her theoretical and psychic work has helped people all over the world, and she's often called the Living Library Oracle and Wayshore. Elizabeth studies and teaches about futurism, natural health, quantum healing, quantum anthropology, galactic consciousness, and ancient wisdom. She has two science degrees, including a master's in applied anthropology, and her philosophies and practices bridge science and spirituality to support real change in the world. And, you know, I always get so excited when we are going to meet because I know <laughs> during these conversations, things are going to shift. Things are going to change. I am going to receive new ahas and awarenesses like I always do. And so I'm so excited. And um, Elizabeth, welcome back to the show. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. I just love your big heart. Thank you so much. You're so generous. Oh, thank you. You're so sweet. And I did say that we we're going to take live caller questions. So please do raise your hand if you are here live with us or type your question in the chat and we will get to some questions in a, a little bit later. So um, Elizabeth, let's just let's start because there's always so much, right? There's always so much to cover in these conversations. And so I just want to start off by talking a little bit about <laughs> the clear way for those who may not know what that is, what does that mean? What is it? And how can we tell um, when we're experiencing it? Good. So 
we kind of have to go back in time a little bit. <laughs> um, over the past 800,000 years, as humanity's been on this planet, and I know that sounds like an extra long number, but I think that you'll find over the next few years, as disclosure becomes more um, clear and apparent, that these truths are going to arise. And one of them is that humans have been here for that long, Homo sapiens, and that we've been very advanced throughout that time. So we've gone through 66 12,000 year cycles, and here we are at the end of the 66th cycle. And that's 800,000 years. And it's very exciting because that means that the experiment of Homo sapien is over and that we are moving into a new experiment, but it requires a grand initiation to go through that process. So at the end of every experiment, we have to do a lot of recapitulating. And one of those realities of recapitulation is that there's certain parameters that were built in consciousness for humans to experience from the body and that there's other galactic parameters that remain in perpetuity they're built into universal law and human beings we have a certain way of interacting with those universal laws we call it actually mysticism the study of the way that we interact with these cycles and energies and these aspects of reality. So one of the attributes of this past experiment has been waves of consciousness. And these waves of consciousness, they happen in all different ways, but the big ones that we have been most sensitive to are the collective waves. So humanity goes through these big collective changes. And it used to be that these things would happen really slowly. So like one or two big waves of energy change over eons. and Or maybe one of those 12,000 year chunks. And then another 12,000 year chunk and it would be a few more waves would be happening in that one. And then more exponential changes in waves as we get to this moment we're in. To the point where, in 2022, we had one single wave called the Black Wave that was foreseen by many prophets, by many ancient texts, by the Native peoples. I'm here in Ecuador, so I get to interact with these Native tribes and learn their cosmologies. And this was written in theirs. Well, they don't write it, but it's been passed down in theirs as well. So one of the best cosmologies to look at if you're interested in these histories and getting to know what the understanding is of where we're at and what's what this initiation is, is actually Jainist cosmology. The Jains were incredibly expert on these things, and they also specifically talk about 800,000 years as our history. Um, so I really appreciate and honor the Jainist viewpoint of the, our experience. That being said, uh, this last wave, it's been really dense. And so the past 12,000 years, a lot more waves have happened than almost all these other times combined. And we also have more human beings now at the end of this age, these many cycles all ending. We have more humans here now on Earth than all of those other end of those cycles combined as well. 
So that really is showing us physically how important this time really is. So we've gone through this past year, this black wave that really shattered a lot of our ego. It revealed a lot of our systems that are crumbling and that they have to crumble. There's kind of a big scramble at a very hierarchical level to try to keep and maintain the control systems that were put in place, the matrixes systems. And those are falling apart, but they're falling apart inside of you just as well. They're falling apart in your relationships with all, with everything, name it, your jobs, your, your ideas around money, death, friendship, marriage, everything. So we got through that. December solstice was really big, a big time. It was a shift. And humans, you know, we, we don't necessarily experience all this stuff all at once. We're all so unique. So some people experience the black wave in January or even in the past few weeks. I've been getting reports saying, oh, no, now I know what you mean. So, you know, there's there's a lot of leeway. There's some grace time. <laughs> some people were experiencing it before December. I definitely did. Um, and then once we get through that, what is revealed on the other side is what's called the clear wave. And the clear wave is a lot more harsh than the black wave. The black wave had everything to do with density. It had to do with consciousness under pressure being unraveled. And it's still working on us. And it's working in consciousness everywhere. A lot of different things have been just falling apart. And these illusions are beginning to be revealed. And that's what the clear wave does. So what does it do to you personally? Well, you can extrapolate from an individual's experience as humans upward. You're a microcosm, of course, of the whole collective. Things that happen to you, you're not alone. They're definitely happening to others in different time processes and layers. And you can take almost any household or town or even a larger area and basically extrapolate from those layers of culture what's happening to the collective. Many of you are empaths and you can feel exactly what's going on with the collective. So if you understand what I'm saying, that your personal experience is never just singular. It's not, you're not an island. But this clear wave is shattering your personal illusions, the ones that you can't tell that you've been wearing. And they act as lenses that distort our realities, even the good stuff, even things, our hopes, even the hope stuff, the things that we think of, you know, going well, we are always trying to find that silver lining. It's our nature and our illusions about that's even shattering. So your personal illusion, if you're trying to hang on to it, you're suffering. And the people that I can perceive around, you know, especially where I'm at, where things are very, very intense energetically here, because we're in a certain spot on earth, and it can be more magnified than other places. It's more primordial here in South America. Um, but the people who even the most awake ones, that one third of humanity who's aware enough and willing enough to do some hard work on themselves, it's extremely painful 
what we have to go through to finish out this initiation. And on the other side of it is the gift. But, you know, how does that feel? Well, suddenly all the relationships and ideas that we've had about our lives and our futures and our hopes and dreams and our traumas that we couldn't find, the wounds that we have had that we that were in our blind spots. I'll mention one in particular that has come up for me that I really didn't realize was affecting my reality so dramatically, but it became unbearable and it got revealed. It's an incredible process if you're willing to let these things be revealed for you. But the the wounding, the hidden wounding in the subconscious is coming up. That's the clarity that's happening, the clarification. So it's like, energetically, it's kind of like getting hammered. And it's like getting uh, a layer of your skin peeled off. And it and the healing process does, doesn't feel good. But on the other side, you look so different. You're so much lighter and brighter. You're so much more clear energetically that your soul's light can then take over and that's what you're here for that's what it's going to take to move from one species to another which is no small thing in any way shape or form it's one of the greatest events ever in this galaxy the move from homo sapien to homo luminous which is happening and occurring over this next 20 30 years and will finish its cycle in a hundred years. So we're the intrepid explorers into consciousness. We're the ones who have to make sure we get through these initiations. So some of these trauma wounds are going to be from really, really deep in your experience and perhaps really, really early in your childhood. Uh, because we get a lot of buy-in to the matrix from our childhoods. There was a moment in time when, because you, you are already enlightened and we come in quite enlightened. It's when we buy into the systems, when we buy into our parents' traumas and our parents' programming. It's when we realize that we have to play by those rules in order to survive. Those buy-in moments are what you're looking for. That's what's going to get you through this clear wave. And the clear wave can show up in a lot of ways. It can show up as suddenly a lot of different relationships breaking down or extreme physical problems and illness or and or nightmares and um, fear, levels of fear that you didn't realize you could even reach, levels of pain you didn't think you could reach. You know, when we thought that the top was 10 and you realize actually it can go to 15, <laughs> um, these kinds of things. So like, for example, um, my wounding around my parents, my mother, father wound around not receiving a very much uh, attention from my parents being very young and the oldest of seven kids. You know, of course, that situation was exactly how it needed to be, but that wounding, that desire for for that kind of level of love is is tough because we have such a hard time finding a way to fill it in. So then you have to find that hole deep down in your soul and you've got to 
go and sit in it and let it work on you. Let the fear and the pain actually be felt fully in your body so that it can dissolve all of the leftover structures and eventually on its own, it fills in the wound, that wound that has defined my personality, which I would definitely say is a people pleaser and spreading myself so thin, never being able to find ways to actually get that energy back, not being able to ever feel loved enough, worrying so much about what others think of me, all of these natural attributes that from that wounding that then translate into things like manipulation or um, really just awful habits and consciousness that get get me very, you know, it doesn't get me very far. So these habits and consciousness then have to change. And what we're talking about is like another lifestyle overhaul in your realm of being human. And this is one of those big overhauls that you would be doing in a natural initiation anyway. So human initiation and ritual is just as important and powerful as the galactic built-in initiations. And now we're combining the two. We're combining the earthly galactic cycle initiation with human initiation. You will do better in the long run by doing so. So what is it going to take? Well, you actually have to be able to seek out those wounds, sit in that pain, recognize it, allow it, allow it to burn through you, allow it to burn the structures down inside of you and all of the mental and personality-based attributes that were built on top of it, right? We're at the point now, I told my friend today, because he's been going through this too, he's been going through a lot of grief, which is really hard for the masculine. It's easier for the masculine to face their anger a lot of time but grief he's finally hitting this rock bottom what it feels like and i said good good excellent now take a sledgehammer to it now you have to literally make your foundation of what you think is real you've got to shatter it now why do we have to do these things with our dreams and hopes and all that silver lining and the pain and the traumas and these holes in our consciousness well we need to get to neutral if we can get to a zero point in ourselves that's the only place where we can rebuild our culture and be prepared for initiation right now is your time to prepare for initiation and this initiation is going to require the next decade for you to be able to fully go through what will occur as a very swift initiation in on this planet but you need to be ready for that and use this time whether or not you're going to be here in a decade or not it doesn't matter use this time to your advantage become pure so you know can i just ask a quick question yeah please Mm -hmm. so um does this mean you know for example is that the reason why you know I went off of Coke. I'm, yes. I want to go off of tea. I've been meditating more, do, you know, just uh, doing more contemplation, just really looking, you know, inwardly more, more, more. Um, is that part of the initiation process for that? Yeah, you nailed it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So 
you're going to become more and more pure. You're going to purify your lifestyle and you won't have a choice. You'll be compelled and mm-hmm. your soul is setting you up. And so this is going to look like a lot of stuff, you know, and it, it for everyone it's going to be unique, but there'll be patterns. A lot of it's going to start with substances and food and, and things that, you know, we've said, you know, well, this is my, my one thing that I like to have, you know, my husband, uh, uh, He's like, I just, you know, I just want to have cookies sometimes. <laughs> That's his thing is sugar <laughs> yeah. from the South. And um, it's built into our cultures too, to be, to be sort of gentle to those things. But if you're a true initiate, if you're really being initiated in a, and good hardcore initiations throughout all time have always had a life or death piece to it. Now, if you're going to be strong enough to go through that kind of level of initiation, which that's what you're here for, then you have to purify your life. And I'm not saying that it's easy. <laughs> it's not supposed to be easy if you're an initiate. It's not. So is that the the same thing like with Robert and all that that happened? That's also oh, yeah. the whole thing? Absolutely. <laughs> and this past year, I'm all, I almost died like two or three times. Yeah. For real, I mean, sickness and pain levels when I said I thought I knew pain, you know. Um, and there's so many others on this call who know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, yeah, we're we're preparing and, and getting stronger. You know, yes, I chose every time to come out of those death moments and say, all right, these are micro initiations for the big one. And I can see that clearly now. And so we, you know, I like to use Egypt as a really good example of what it takes to be an initiate. There is a really good book called Initiation by Elizabeth Haish. And she was, she wrote this book from her memory of a lifetime in Egypt. She didn't channel it. This was her memory. She remembered it. She was, she had a past life memory and she wrote this incredibly dense beautiful book about what it took to do initiations in Egypt and I remember my lifetime there too and most one third of my class survived our initiation and those were people we grew up together as children one third survived in Delphi I remember being in Delphi too which was one of the most horrific lifetimes I could ever describe People who really were at Delphi know that it, Delphi was terrible. Delphi was an awful cult. And, you know, very few of us survived that. I died at 24, I believe, in that lifetime. So, um, you know, these initiations, they put you through every level of power and experience. And when you come out on the other side, what happens? Well, you're not the same person anymore. What are you in this case? You are only solely your soul. What's this going to, what does this really mean or look like? Well, in Egypt, you'd have to fast. You'd be preparing yourself both mentally and physically. You would be um, doing very specific mystical and physical tasks that were prepared specifically for the strengthening of certain attributes of your personal self, your physical self. And so these pain experiences or these illnesses 
or these strokes or all these things. And then of course, you know, Elara, you're being initiated, your husband's going through an initiation, but you're also being initiated in that initiation too, because it's such an important role that you've had to play as his caretaker and the person who's had to stress every single moment, worrying that you're going to lose your beloved husband. That's an initiation as well. So all these are overlapped. Now, what I perceive over especially this next year is that the clarity around this initiation is going to come online. Do not get distracted. Don't watch the news. And if at least the mainstream, especially, you know, pick two news sources that you can trust. Now, I have my two that I really like. Catherine Austin Fitz and Cliff High. And Cliff's like your crazy uncle. And I don't agree 100% with everything Cliff has to say. But I wish that I'd had that man around when I was growing up. Because he is so knowledgeable about the true nature of humanity and the true history of human beings. And he can see very, very clearly. He's very psychic. And Catherine Austin Fitz understands sovereignty and freedom, and she understands the structures, how they're crumbling, and how to work beyond them and without them. And you're going to want those two things. Now, those might not be your cup of tea, but find two people, maybe a, a feminine source and a masculine source of information that you can trust. Because over this next year, there's going to be lots and lots of distractions, big giant balloons, Floating over the United States is a big distraction, you know, um, and lots of warmongering. Lots of that's just a big distraction. It's so funny. Whenever I see things like that, it's like, okay, what are they distracting us from? Yeah, exactly. What is, what's really <laughs> going on? What are they really distracting us from? <laughs> yeah. my, my husband said, you know, the only reason for us to watch the news is, is to know what not to do or what to do that's opposite of what they tell you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and so the, the reason I'm saying that your news is important is because you need to focus in on your three minds, your brain, your heart, and your gut. What are you seeing? What are you hearing? What are you tasting? These are ancient concepts that prepare initiates, right? That's why we have the, the monkeys with their eyes and their mouth and all that in the ears. Um, those come from ancient concepts that are very still uh, relevant. And so, you know, when we're dealing with what do we consume, the reason why this is so important, especially now, too, is not only are you an initiate into one of the highest levels of consciousness that I'll describe for you in a moment, um, what that's going to look like and why you want this <laughs> um, is because the the what we might just call the dark elite, right? The dark side, the dark side goes by a set of rules they have rules too and they work by a specific universal law especially one of them is that silence is consent that and also consumption is consent there's no such thing as watching a movie just to enjoy a movie not anymore there is no such thing there's no such thing as watching the news and just watching the news. You can't do that anymore. We we could. We used to be able to discern and say, all right, I have my discernment helmet on. It's not going to mess me up. No more. 
no more. You can't do it anymore. The clear plane of existence is asking you to be pure and to not involve yourself in the consumption of anything at all that is that is going to give implicit or explicit consent to anything that they've planned. And they have dreamed up a, an incredible world of slavery for us. And it's time for us to create and dream up and have we, you have been, you wouldn't be here on this show if you weren't dreaming up a better world for us. What we, what we keep calling the new earth for so long, which is so true. So let's say we do get all that cleaned up. We, the consumption of our senses and our spiritual senses are as pure as we can get it, you know, and that's going to take a lot of effort and work because honestly, none of us have done this before. We're all new to this. The level of purification of consumption I'm talking about is really hard to achieve. And so all you're being asked to do is do your best. Just do your best. So keep being aware of that. Use the tools you've learned from all these speakers, everything from how to structure and charge your water to utilizing crystals and working with the earth and all of the animals and there's so many amazing people on all these different summits and especially Lara's show who have taught you the tools what it's going to take so use them the best that you can just the best that you can right and know that we don't we don't ever get to zero folks even me on this mountain in the middle of nowhere in Ecuador I'm not at zero. I'm not at neutral. I'm not in perfection. It's going to take me a lot more inner work. My ego's big. My trauma's big. And my, my, my sight is very clear, which makes it even a little bit harder for me not to feel worthless about what I've achieved or not achieved. Because I know what, what it's going to look like. And, you know, somebody like me should know better <laughs> right but I'm human too obviously and I have my vices and my traumas as well now why do you want this why do you want what we're talking about when we get to our initiation phase we're as strong as we can get might not be ever at a hundred percent but we get to that point and as this occurs, we're going to watch an exponential change, exponential pressure happening on humanity. There's so many factors to it, but I'll, I'll describe what's on the other side of it. Why do you want to go through this to become homoluminous? Who is that? That is the human form with only your soul running the show. Now, that sounds really nice. And it sounds easier than it is. With only your soul running the show, that means that your personality is going to change, your trauma, your upkeep of trauma, the experience of trauma, because trauma doesn't go away. Suffering doesn't go away. We actually need it in order to learn and grow, just like plants need poop from whatever shows up to poop. Plants can't live without poop. <laughs> it's from little microbes all the way up to big animals. It means that your experience of your ego is going to change utterly. 
expectations, attachments, resistance. And um, I always mess up the other one. Uh, judgment. Yes. Judgment's going to go away. You're not going to be able to judge anything anymore. Because all you're going to perceive in other people is actually just their soul. And they can't judge you anymore. But do you, if you've been around anyone who's allowed their soul to take over, you know how almost incredibly euphoric and amazing, but also how much purging and detox happens when you're around that amount of light. So when you're around that amount of light, and what I'm talking about is enlightened humanity, homo luminous, the humans of light, where just their souls running the show, well, anyone who's not gone through that initiation utterly and fully is going to suffer so deeply and immensely because that amount of light, the light of the soul, is going to literally burn away whatever they weren't able to get done through initiation. So these things are really key. There will be two species or more of, of humans on this planet after all of this in about 20, 30 years. So that's how fast this is happening. It's called punctuated equilibrium. There's big bursts of change that occur. So I want you to ponder and contemplate with me over this next year. What, what am I going to be like when my soul runs the show? If you can just keep your eye on that, then the rest of it, it does make it easier. That's the, that's the greatest gift I can give you is to contemplate this and keep asking yourself every day. So what if, what if today my soul was running the show? What would that look like? And you'll get more and more clear about what that's going to be like for you. But this is the deep field. And it is so clear. And there is nothing there. There's no more waves in consciousness. It means that you end up being the wave. We're all waves. Every, every interaction is going to be so divine and so clear and so intense. Our societies are going to look very, very different. Because when humans then come together in large groups, it's going to feel like this whole, uh, this whole kingdom of dimensions is online. And so it's just going to get more and more and more intense like that. And your recharge time is going to be really precious. Your alone time, your meditation time, your prayer time. Because that's when you'll be able to recharge and integrate these kingdoms of heaven that will be moving through humans. It's you. You're the bridge. That all. Can this I ask a question? Through. Yes, ma'am. You know I can so, just keep talking, so just keep interrupting. Just I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, can we not ask? You know, can we not ask our soul to run the show? Like, oh yeah. On, on a regular daily basis, can I know just say, okay, soul, okay, higher self, okay, highest level of that I am right now, run the show. I'm stepping back. There's that my personality stepping back. Can I do that? Or at the same time, um, is that like a, a cop out? It's not a cop out. It's this, it, it creates dissonance. Hmm. So I've been testing this out on myself. That's what I do. I test all this on myself. Um, and one of the things I found is when I say, all right, so you run the show. Well, 
Elizabeth's not ready for that. <laughs> yeah. And my personality and my ego come in and they're like, well, wait a minute. But normally you would say it this way. And then there's almost like this dissonance that occurs um, from my little traumatized Elizabeth selves and lots of different parts of me that still have structure and density. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not, I'm not over the, the peak. Like, I, I suppose you could get, end up in a percentage where you've healed enough of that trauma. And I've seen that with others, um, where you've healed enough trauma, where you've meditated for long enough, where you've done the self-inquiry for long enough, where you understand all the changes and initiations deeply enough. And so you get through these enough and there's sort of like a, point of no return where then it's mostly your soul running the show already right so we don't lose all the tools we've got to still use the same tools that got us here i'm not quite there yet so i'm not too and i don't know what percentage it would be 70 or 80 percent i don't know um yeah when i get there i'll tell you but and also <laughs> um can we talk about this misconception perhaps that people have that once you know you're on the path that it's supposed to be easy <laughs> that it's supposed to not there's not supposed to be struggle anymore it's supposed to be just angel choir singing all the time it's like um <laughs> i don't know what 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 no I, land you're living I call in. that um i call that cozy corners in consciousness mm-hmm. and yeah. it's, it's because it's it's because joy like true joy is actually so hard to find and it has been for so long because most of the density, the, what we call darkness and evil, it's really, really just consciousness under pressure. But everything's under so much pressure, the, there hasn't been balance in di- dark and light for a really, really long time. Um, perhaps even the first few eras of humankind were the f- only times we actually had that level of light. And so we haven't had um we haven't had more than enough light more than enough joy for humanity in so long that immediately a lot of people come into the human experience and so many people say this to me i wish i could just go home i don't feel like i belong here this whole human thing sucks can't even believe i signed up for this um and so when you're in that trap it's a trap in consciousness it's a trap a trap that's an initiation too mm-hmm. because the truth is is there is joy but when you finally work out how to find the joy it doesn't make the the learning of suffering the difficulty of pain um go away it what it does is it gets balanced out more and more and more because then you find all of this joy around you so there is an immense amount of joy to be had it's everywhere it's all especially in nature mm-hmm. and yeah with nature uh, and pets and children especially <laughs> exactly yeah. it's it's in the things that are are what we see as pure as innocent yeah. and you have that there's a part of you that's that knows that and it'll take over more and more so in these processes of healing ourselves in these in these initiations that joy ends up taking over more and more and um, I've watched myself and my family experience it and and when you have here's another rule of mysticism of deep mysticism one of these rules that guide the universe and consciousness 
whenever you have a huge breakthrough of joy and you have those moments of joy, the reason why most people have trepidation about that is because they know deep down inside that there's going to be a wave, a pushback in consciousness, that joy goes out to the edge of, of consciousness. And then it comes back with a lot of debris of, of equal measure in energy that's going to create another breakthrough process that feels more crushing. So there's actually a mathematics to this. And when, so for example, um, it was my first six months here in Ecuador and I'd been going, I went through a lot of purging of lots of stuff and it was really tough. And one day I'm sitting by the river having, um, in this little restaurant, and I'm sitting with my husband and we're having a very nice, peaceful time. And I suddenly realized that I was really, really happy. And it kind of freaked me out because I hadn't felt that happy. And I couldn't really tell you when. So it was such a new level of happiness. And I realized that I was also equally terrified in that moment. And later I realized that, well, actually, while I need to remain present in that happiness and let it fill my body up and strengthen me in that moment and not worry about the future, I wasn't wrong to have that kind of level of awareness, at least, which is better than terror. <laughs> awareness is better. Preparedness is better. So you can prepare yourself from, from here, of course. Um, but I realized that that meant that that level of joy and happiness was going to radiate from me. It was going to go back out to the edge of the universe and come back with another big lesson that was going to equal the level of happiness I just had. And that's exactly what happened. And it's continued exponentially over the past two years in ways that I could have never imagined. And then finding another level of joy and peace well, it gets so expansive and you're creating so much change now in yourself that you're becoming the wave in consciousness, the waves that bounce back. You have more capability of understanding it, working with it, not controlling it, but surfing it. We surf these waves. So now when something hits me, I can surf it better. I don't have any reactions anymore to them. I'm like, oh, hello, I was expecting you. All right, I'm ready. I have my surfboard. Okay, let's take it. What's it going to be like today? Oh, okay, we're going to go into this holy cow moment of experience. Got it. Ready to go. You get used to it. And that ends your fear of being happy. So that you can really go deep and settle into that wave of energy of joy and happiness. So while the suffering doesn't end, like you said, Alara, it's it actually does. It's not that it becomes easier. It's that we end up getting used to it. And we, we get desensitized to how powerful this stuff is. And you find yourself at neutral more and more and more about these changes that show up so swiftly, right? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I think also it's like, you know, the more joy, happiness, light that you're embracing and embodying, that also um, 
shows up or opens up more areas of where there is density or heaviness or darkness or wounding within yeah. you that is the, the light shining on it right so it's like exactly that's that. it has to come up to be you know acknowledged released cleared loved etc yeah you nailed it because then all that light um especially the density so here's a good example like a more personal example because we're talking like big levels of stuff here but you know on a daily basis well like this morning my my family's been pretty sick the past few days especially me and my husband and i he we won't we haven't been doing that great and so he came in this morning and he hasn't eaten in like a day and a half and so he's kind of grumpy right and i'm emotional too and so he reacts to something i say and that reaction immediately bam it hits me and i start to cry and I start to say, you're hurting my feelings. You need to go just have some breakfast and some coffee, and then we can talk, right? Because I knew what was going on. But I could witness, because when you get really good at self-inquiry and you're just constantly saying, how am I reacting to this? How am I the tyrant? How am I the victim right now? How am I holding on to this process how did I end up bringing in this really amazing example of things for, for me to clear up? Because we're creating our realities. So I was noticing like, wow, in this moment, I just really need to see, because I can feel the structure in me needing that attention. It, 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 if I had cleaned it up, recognized it fully and the roots of it has to do with my relationship with the masculine, I can see that clearly. Thankfully, the clear light's making things like this more clear. And the clear light is the, the, the deep field of mysticism. And I'll describe it a little more as we keep talking, but it's going to hit you and you're going to be like, oh, that hurts. My feelings are hurt. Well, that's actually not exactly true. Your ego's gotten hurt. Your trauma's being revealed. So I, I want that. That's why I said, go do your thing and we'll connect later because I need some time to notice this because I'm feeling it physically in my body. I'm saying my feelings hurt because that's what uh, makes sense to him. But I'm recognizing there's trauma here that, if, that he just triggered that I didn't notice before. So I need to manage this and being able to go in and look at that and, un and, and unravel it and get to the bottom of it. Well, it didn't take me long because the clear light is so clean and clear that it's revealed it. Oh, I have issues around men not listening to me, all my boyfriends that I had who were abusive. And oh, I see the, this is the layers and layers and layers of trauma built in here that, that my husband's grumpiness triggered in me this morning for me to look at. Wonderful. And I could quickly go in and appreciate it, notice it, allow it, and then it unravels. It's amazing how, how fast processing can go if you just let it happen. We resist the pain. And so I'm not resisting the pain. I'm going into it. I'm allowing it to be seen. I'm shining light on it. And the light in consciousness is making it much easier to go through processes that would have taken me way longer way longer to get to the bottom of and then what the feeling is when you get to the bottom of it is 
is it does feel like you're being cleaned out. So all the structure in me, I was able to recognize it and notice it and just, um, you know, let my subconscious flood out into my conscious and let it move through. And then now I feel so light. I feel really good. And my husband and I, we made up really easily and everything got, we did a reset. And this, this is how fast now your healing can happen. Take advantage of it. Yeah. Sorry, I had a, I had, I had a call. It's okay. Don't worry. <laughs> I had a call that I had to take, and it's like it was my daughter, so I was like, okay, you know. Of course, yes, kids. Um, yeah, it's all good. Um, but yeah, it, you know, I just want to uh, emphasize this point right now about how fast healing can happen. And the thing is, if you're willing to receive it, it can be with ease as well. It doesn't have to be the struggle that it used to be in the past, right? And it doesn't right. have to be the same way that it used to be in the past either, right? Because we if you recognize and are aware and acknowledge that you're cha you've changed, you are changing, you are transforming, you're going through different transformational experiences, you're not the same as you were then. So these healing experiences that you're having now don't have to be the same as they were before either. Exactly that. And that's what the clear light affords us, the clear wave, right? And this is the shattering that has to happen. Um, but just like how fast it, it takes for glass to completely shatter onto a floor and be irreparable, so can all of your trauma. So can your ego. And any illusions you were hanging on to, any cozy corners you were clinging on to, it all has to go. Um, yeah. This deep field of mysticism, um, I'll kind of describe it and then we can move on to other things. This deep field, it's... To me, it, like I like to give people visuals, something to make it make sense. And that's what an oracle can do. I can give you kind of an insight of how, like, what is the view? What is the vantage point here? And then let that view work on you. Just like a sunset, everyone's going to have a different feeling or different energy. But a sunset's a wonderful thing to see, right? Um, well, this is like the tide going out so far that it seems as if the ocean has disappeared and the wet sand reflecting the light of the sky so perfectly that there's no more floor, there's no more ground, and there's no more sky. That's what it feels like. And the energy coming from this realm of creation, this time that we're here, we're here to embody this. And that's what I mean by letting your soul run the show. It's perfect peace. It's total stillness. There's not, joy has a lot of movement to it. Love actually has a lot of movement to it. Love's what creates this whole universe in the first place. It's the, the momentum of love. But this is so different. And I've never quite seen anything like it. And kind of getting a glimpse of it, I was like, wow. Like, I guess I expected, I had to, I had to notice my expectations. <laughs> I guess I expected, like, something. 
like the ground at least <laughs> like I, th I thought i guess i would see you know new earth and it would have like this heavenly you know beautiful realm and like gorgeous golden temples and no yeah. that's not that's not what it is <laughs> That's understandable. We we all have certain expectations, right? It's hard to live well, without expectations. Oh yeah, and that's just ego. But I love how my ego's like, well, actually, I can I can jive with this. This is perfect stillness. Wow. And that's exactly where we're going to manifest. And I, I don't even like that word anymore because manifesting is never exactly what manifesting what people think or say it is. Mm -hmm. Because we're not going to manifest, folks. Manifest, I'll, I'll give you what that really means. Manu means hands. And fest, festival, the play of hands, that's what manifest means. That's not what we're going to be doing. That's not what, when you, when we say like, I want a different life or I want whatever i want my needs met i want to be happy all these things and and then we hear people say well you just need to manifest it here's how you do that and they give you this set of formulas you know very few people do i know say that that stuff works for them and it's not that's because manifesting is not going to be what we're doing in the future i do intend to teach more about these things um because there is a way to sync up with these things and that's what it is it's synchronicity hmm. we're going to synchronize not manifest we're not going to do the play of hand anymore that would be a yeah. very homo sapien thing to do right so so it's more about attuning to the vibration frequency of what it is i mean people talk about that as a law of attraction but even yeah attunement is a start yeah, I was going to say that that's not quite it either. I, I feel like that is incomplete. That's not quite the answer either. Yeah, no, law of attraction, most of it, um, you you won't find your way yeah. to what I'm I talking about. Yeah. Um, attunement's the first step, I would say. Like just, but but how do you do that? Well, take the vision I just gave you, and I gave it to you in many dimensions all at once, not just one. I gave it to you in 12 dimensions. I, I, it sounds like I just said, a few sentences. That's not what I just did. I gave it to you from my soul. And, and it works on 12 dimensions. Just hang out with it. Just hang out there. That's all you have to do. When like you're in the line at the grocery store, start thinking about what I just said. When you're busy cooking dinner, just contemplate it. Mm -hmm. that's all you have to do just start there contemplate it let it work on you it will work on you it'll show you the next stuff you don't have to seek it out it will absolutely show up you know whatever it is that needs to be dissolved in order to be one with this energetic place and state in consciousness will absolutely show up you can mm -hmm. trust it but all you got to do is just contemplate, just ponder it, just daydream about it. Hang out there, walk around. What does it smell like? What's the temperature? How does it feel there? And keep hanging out there and more and more and more will get revealed. That's all you have to do right now. That would probably be 
of all the things we've talked about, one of the best ways to allow your initiation, the preparation of initiation to occur naturally without forcing it. Yeah, exactly. Because we can't force it anyways. No, I know. You don't want to. You'll be miserable. <laughs> um, do you want to take some questions? Yeah, let's take some questions. So I know Sarah has her hand up. Sarah, you want to ask your question? Hi, Sarah. Hello. Hello. There she is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought Linda was going to go before me. I'd have time to go, you know, put on. <laughs> she put her hand down. What can I say, you know? Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, that's good because the plumber's supposed to come and I wouldn't want to be interrupted. <clears throat> I noticed um, as you were talking now, something um, I think is true for me is that every morning when I wake up, I just can't move and I just stay there. And I was just thinking I could stay there all day. I not make a living and not get up and make soup because I feel like I'm in the zero point. Mm -hmm. I'm just nothing. I mean, it's just I don't know. It's this wonderful state of not paying attention to anything except, I don't know, feeling like I'm connected with everything. So, yeah, you know, um, the only thing I would suggest is to you're in a you're in a state of beingness, which is excellent and, and not doing so much. Right. Which you and I both are big doers. We like to do, 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 do a lot. <laughs> um, Less as I get older. Yeah, exactly. But I, I would just suggest to be in that state while in natural sunlight. And uh, as, bare bodied as, as bare bodied as you can be. Well, if um, the sun rises on the other side of the house. So, and yeah, I could be totally naked in the sun if the sun would decide to be on the other side of my house. <laughs> Um, when I wake up and I'm not really awake, but, um, I'll try it. I mean, somebody told me years ago, you look so good naked. We were like hot tubbing. And <laughs> you look so great naked and in clothes, you look kind of chunky. I said, yes, I know. And she said, well, what are you going to do about that? Said, what would you suggest? I do wear as little clothing as possible when it's warmer um here's here is my question my question is um i do feel that deep sense of joy you were talking about i put it in the chat that when i get a new tool or an insight or i get to talk to you or whatever you know it is i feel such a deep well of joy because i know this is going to help me you know break through whatever it is i need to and get to the light and find a tool and be able to lift everybody up and as you know you know i want to save the entire world so um i'm i am asking if there's any um key any word from the angels anything you see that would give me another tool another way to um lift up get more to the light and yet yeah, it's been hell lately and i'm so glad to hear it's everybody because I thought it was just me. Well, I know yeah, we you usually do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my digestion's been terrible. I'm losing weight again. My dreams are off the charts. Um, but I know that's all processing stuff, and I know I'm going through it really fast. Anyway, I just wondered if you had any. Yeah, the tool, the tool I would share is what I call falling backwards. It's very important for us to fall backwards into Indra's net. Mm. And 
that sense of being alone in our pain will end. And then everything becomes really clear that there is ultimately built into consciousness equanimity at the basis, at the base level. You feel that. Yeah. And when you keep falling back into Indra's net, because you'll see all these points of light and they're just as equal and important as you in existence, that when one disappears, there's a big hole in the net and or that or that part of the net network changes indra's net is the real internet it's the second dimension the only way you can get there is falling backwards but if you keep falling backwards you end up not falling beyond the net you fall into your own light into the first dimension which is the i am presence and that's how to feel reconnected to the fact that we're all going through these initiations and not feeling alone even though you might be physically or or that's an illusion really the illusion of being alone and not in equanimity in these things shatters i think i am in equanimity and i'm an empath and i know everybody's going through it i really really feel that in fact when my mom used to complain or other people complain, I I say, look how good you've got it. You got a roof over your head. You got food exactly. to eat. <laughs> a lot of I always, I always say to my mom something similar. I'm like, none of your kids are dead drug addicts or in jail, so we're doing good. <laughs> but okay, you just, well, I'm not... you keep falling back, Sarah. You go even past the first dimension because the dimensions are cyclical, right? So what? How, where do you end up if you fall past the first dimension? You end up in the 12th dimension. Yeah, but just saying, and I say this on behalf of everybody on here, how can you, sorry, everybody, I don't mean to speak for you, but I feel like, um, you know, that's so easy to say. Oh, yeah. You fall back into Indra's net. You know, I can go out now because I'm just, you know, that not shy. Um, and lay in my front yard naked, although it's in the 40s here, um, and not care too much about what people are doing as they walk by, um, and let all that go. But, you know, would that get me to Indra's net? Do you? No, you have to meditate in it. Um, and Do you just imagine it? Are you suggesting yeah. that you just imagine it? Yeah. So I, I do it when I'm like right before bed and I like to do it in the morning when I'm feeling that feeling that you're talking about too, where I'm like, I'm just going to lay here forever. Um, and so I, I always say, well, you know, there is something I can do right now in consciousness. I can go back into Indra's net and imagine falling backwards, like onto a trampoline and the trampoline is made of all these points of light and they go on and on as far as you can see and then fall back into the point of light where you're at and there's this great stillness it gives you the most killer meditations and in that stillness you end up realizing that the first dimension and the 12th dimension are really not different it's perfect stillness the i am presence leads you to the face of source god and hanging out in that light and it all starts to merge and make more sense and then it works on your reality But just like any tool, we have to practice. And then we start to do this whole mastery thing. We get more masterful with these tools. Um, 
but yes, it, all it requires is your imagination. That's it. It's a sort of a self-guided meditation. Okay, that's wonderful. Thank you. And in Jewish prayer, um, what we say is, thank you for giving me this task to do, which if I'll just keep doing it, that's a loose translation of the Hebrew, if we'll just keep doing it, you know, we will become more holy. So um, thank you. I can, I can really wrap my head around that. Love it. Good. Well, I look forward to hearing uh, how it goes. Okay. Thank you, Sarah, for asking. Yes, great tool. Look thank wonderful. you. And, and I love the new hairdo. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, we're going to go to... iPad. iPad 21, Stella. <laughs> <laughs> You're muted, Stella. You have to unmute. Okay, I got it. Hi, yeah. Stella. Hi, how are you? Great, thank you. Well, my, my, my question first. When I meditate, I don't think I go deep enough. I don't know. I seem to have a trouble meditating. Or I mean, I, I can I, hear all the noises. I can, I don't know. I just can't. And I'm not thinking anything. Yeah. Well, actually, I'm, I'm, I have a hard time meditating too. You know, what I find that works best, give this a try. Go online and print a black and white version of the Sri Yantra. Okay. And black and white. And hang it in a spot. Like if you have a special meditation spot or whatever, you want it about three or four feet in front of you. And you want the center of the Sri Yantra to be at the center of your eyeballs right here. Okay. And then, then all you do is just gaze at the center of it and try not to blink. And it's going to take some practice, just like any tool, right? But Try not to blink, and as you you'll get used to it. Let your eyes water, and then then you you'll find you can hold your eyes open longer. And just stare at the center of it. Don't move your eyes. Now what happens is, this shuts down the micro movements of your eyes, and suddenly the Sri Yantra from the center will begin to disappear, and everything around you begins to disappear, because. The micro movements of your eyes are what cre what gets your brain to pick up patterns. And then this throws you into an extremely deep meditation very quickly. And um, gazing meditation combined with the Sri Yantra, there's tons of scientific studies, including done in Russia and Europe, that prove this is one of the best ways to get deep. Now, once you're starting to get used to how that feels, then you can close your eyes and just hang out there in this beautiful. So, and what we mean by deep meditation it really means just really still so that the noises actually just sort of go. They, they end up sinking into the nothingness. They sink into the white light that you'll start to see. Everything looks like particles of light, which is true. It's everything's made of particles of consciousness. Uh -huh. so, so the sound will arise and you'll perceive it, but it just gets sucked right into the, the white sort of pure space and it, it doesn't bother you anymore. So this is how I've been able to tackle that problem. Cause when I close my eyes, I see 12 dimensions and whether my eyes are open. I don't see, I don't see nothing. <laughs> when they That's say fine. you can imagine seeing, I can't imagine nothing. <laughs> <laughs> 
the noise can be very bothersome, but it, but what you'll find is that the noise doesn't bother you anymore, it just arises and then it stops. And this will make it really cool for you because then you'll actually have a visual experience because you'll literally see what I'm talking about, even just for a brief moment where the mantra disappears. And you'll okay. be like, oh, I did it. And then you get used to it and do it a little bit every day. And don't do the gazing on the Sri Yantra more than five minutes at a time. Okay. Um, but practice, use that practice. To jump start. Yeah, use it to jumpstart your meditations. Okay. The other question is, I need to study something. I, I, I do massage, but I need to do something now. I need to do something. I was thinking on studying a Yorderba, something that I can help people. But I don't have to drive to them because like right now I drive all over the States oh, doing massages. Yeah, it's a lot of work. And so I want to do something, but I don't know what to do. I don't know what to study. I don't know. I don't know where see, to go. What see if this resonates with you. Um, two years ago, I realized what was happening, especially to all, all of you healers who have to do so much physical work, right? Massage is very physical. To me, I love it. It's not physical yeah. at all. I love it, <laughs> but 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 I'm seventy-five. I gotta down. slow down. Yeah, you you're know. driving around and all this. Yeah, well, I would like to suggest quantum healing because you can do quantum massage. You can do quantum acupressure. You can do quantum reiki. You can do these kinds of things from afar, and you can get trained in how to do these things and how to be able to feel your way into quantum healing. If you're not super great at imagination or imaging, what we've right. really, that doesn't matter. If you, if you have an open heart, which you do and you're, you can feel energy well enough. Yes. Then you can do quantum healing. I actually have a quantum healing revolution series that I taught. And it's ready to go. It's already, uh, it's all in replays now on my site. So if that appeals, take a look at the cop, the marketing copy of that and see if that's what you're looking for. But I've noticed that most of the healers feel like you now. And they're like, I want to do something new. And, and I, it's, it's something really different, but it's still going to apply everything I know and all my experience. And that's what quantum healing is. I'm not the only one who teaches it, but I have a really specific and I feel easier way that I that that I do it. And I've been doing it for 15 years uh, with great results. I'm able to do okay. quantum healing on people while I'm in Ecuador and, and somebody in Australia. And while I'm doing work on them, they can feel it as if I'm physically there. That's wonderful. Yeah, that, that I, I love to do that. Yeah, the dimensions yeah, are check it out, Stella. Yeah, I will. I'll check it yeah, out. Awesome. And and that's the thing, like you don't have to do things in person anymore. We do, I mean, yeah. I do everything online. I do everything online. I, I never have clients in person. So I never have, you know, it's always online. Everything. Coaching, healing, whatever it is. Right. So you can do it too. Absolutely. Okay. okay. Well, thank you. Thank you very awesome. much. Thank you, Stella. Awesome. Bye. Thank you, Stella. Bye. All right. We're gonna go to Felicia. Hi, Felicia. Hello. Um, I was watching your fourth, um, class yes. uh, on online somewhere around four or five o'clock in the morning. And it isn't the first time that I've, that I've heard this from you, but there's something that I share, uh, in my life that is similar to you. It's, um, 
it's a deep experience of of unwellness pain and um uh i really really i really felt it when you talked about uh, where you go and what you discover in in your pain and what i'm what i'm asking for uh, right now is um i'm actually a really brave person mm-hmm. and um and i'm so curious and my right hand um, um, my right hand, uh, what would you call it? My right hand um, path is through innocence wisdom. Yes. And I understand that most people don't understand what innocence means at all. Um, uh but I've carried that as my talisman, as my as my as my heart foundation for probably close to twenty five years, and I have a lot of questions to ask. Why why I am walking with my hand in the hand of death these days? Why? Mm. Um, and I don't like to say that to many people because. They kind of think of it as a failure, but I'm I'm thinking about it as as a as a lesson, as a as an education of some sort. Oh yeah. And but the fact is that I am I'm very tired of feeling this depleted. I have something called affibulation. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel that it might be gone. Um, I've been working with. I don't know if you know Alicia Powers. Yeah, Alicia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I've she's, been doing that work about, about calling in um, extraordinary uh, uh, developed beings to give me a hand uh, with uh, my stuff. For sure. And I, I discovered I can't do it at night or I won't sleep the whole damn night. So I do it in the morning. Yeah. Well, for some reason, I forgot the other day. And I didn't even have enough time to feel myself pulling up the blankets and I was gone. When I I woke up with no interruptions, I woke up in the morning and something had changed. I want to know if you can, if you can read me uh, perhaps and tell me where I am on my path. I feel a little lost. Yeah, of course. So, well, I can't do like a full-blown proper reading. I can give you sort of a glimpse of, right. you know, when we, what you said is very profound. And I think that asking for extra help is appropriate. Some, some people, um, I've even seen like Angel, Archangel Raphael do actual surgeries on people. Um, I've seen the great guides, some of the great, most excellent uh, men and women of medicine uh, show up in what we call like a spirit council, and then they do work on people and things like that. So it's worth working in that because there are all these holy guides who are far, far more accessible now that everything's so formless. Mm. But, you know, you said your right-handed path, which is appropriate, is to teach through innocence, which is absolutely 
amazing. And then we have the left-handed path. And the left-handed path, you know, what is the opposite of innocence? Well, you've been looking at, similar to me, desecration. Mm-hmm. And an understanding that desecration often is the utilization of the fear of death in order to create power over others at their expense, right? Mm-hmm. So part of the reason why you feel depleted is that you're opening up finally to another dimension. That's why you're lost. Because mm-hmm. now you're in, you're getting to what we call the most expansive dimensions, not so much higher. They're they're not higher. They're they're wider. They're bigger. I understand. So you're pushing into it, but usually you're used to because you're really brave. You're used to carving a path through all this stuff and getting into the next thing. But just like I told Sarah, now you're entering into the dimensions where you can't do that. So, so you have to turn around and fall backwards. You have to trust in this moment and fall backwards. Now, what will, what will you find? What's, what's the, what's the initiation into this new dimension for you? This deplete, this depletion feels like death is getting closer and closer. Have you ever read Carlos Castaneda, A Tale of Power? Mm Hmm. Yeah, so I highly recommend reading all of Carlos's books because he talks about death. And when you say you're brave, that's true. And you've been here to balance out the warrior in you, which is that bravery. It's that gut, the guts to get through to the next stage every single time over and over again. And you've been doing it much longer than I have. To balance the warrior with this other talent you have called the ministry of presence okay that's your spiritual skill that's the ministry of innocence is what we might say is your essence that's the core of your soul the ministry of innocence now the 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 what carlos says in a nutshell is very important because it is deep mysticism it is mastery it's the the fact that the the warrior in us all of us have have a warrior in us the warrior has to dance with death and death is your greatest informer mm-hmm. death is one of those masters and she looks a lot different than what we're used to being shown we are shown some horrible skeleton in a black robe with a scythe right that's not what death looks like so your task is to ask from here your spiritual task your mystical task right now so that you can open up into what is the 10th dimension the library of consciousness okay is to make friends with her see her for what she really is see her as a gracious beautiful being who truly does love the universe who comes and arises of love just like all things for me this came as the form of white kali and she showed me the truth of death and now i have zero fear and i'm my depletion 
and my pain, they feel more as a discovery process rather than a, a trouble. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, just to, you know, the form of death will look unique to you. Everyone will have their own version that they interact with. But it, but she's the one who you're going to fall back into her arms and open up into this very beautiful, expansive place and have access to all the skill sets, not just a few. Hmm. Now, one of them that you're doing all the time, too, and you're resting in your, in your sleep and you're dreaming in those moments of just needing to rest is mystical dreaming. Yes. Take, just let it happen because you're very excellent at it and you're doing lots and lots and lots of work on the inner realms on behalf of all of us, of course, because that's what you came to do for all consciousness. Mm -hmm. So that's my quick readout of what I could offer you to understand where you're at. That was awesome. Wow. That was so full and complete. Felicia, you're an amazing being. Mm -hmm. And so pure. Well, thank you. I just want to say that um, I am having a bit of a um, a tug because I'm taking um, allopathic pharmaceutical medications for this. And yes. It's, it's causing me a lot of trouble. It's causing me hemorrhaging, bleeding and stuff, right? Mm. And um, so I, 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 I hmm. Um, on the other hand, I'm also taking um, elixirs uh, from stone elixirs that I made, uh, that I am um, attempting to collect the path of education uh, for for my for, for for this particular trajectory for myself, so that 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 um, that I don't injure myself with my ancestry. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. This is this is all very unique, and um, you know, you're a multifaceted being, so it makes sense that you're here to figure out many things around the energetics of allopathic and natural work, mm -hmm. and balance. I must say that I am so happy that I've come upon you, Elizabeth. You're just oh, you're so sweet. Thank you, Felicia. I'm glad to meet you. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Felicia. Wow. Um, my goodness, where are we? Linda, you want to unmute yourself? Sure. There you go. <laughs> sure. Okay. All right. If I have to. All right. Yes. No, it's not that I have to. It's what I want to. You know that. Okay. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi. Again. Sorry about that. <laughs> you got me before. Okay, so I'm kind of, I think, in a transition place, and I don't know exactly where to, you know, divide myself off, because I've been doing a lot of physical help with the healing aspects. Well, lately, tarot and um, zero point energy fields and other things have kind of been inserting themselves, and is that the best path to go forward to help others heal themselves? Because I I know they they got to heal themselves, but I mean I I yeah, sure. what best is um, facilitator? I'm sorry. 
No, no, I understand what you mean. I, I actually totally get it. Um, it's always, you know, because I used to use tarot, even as psychic as I am, and I have been this way the whole time. <laughs> I used tarot, however, to buffer energy between me and other people because I was genuinely terrified that people would figure out how much I could see as if that was <laughs> So, so I tend to tell people tarot and dowsing and even muscle testing is it's okay to dip your toe in a little, but the problem with tarot, for example, is it's got a lot of energy behind it in history that, that, that it, it keeps it kind of contained into a small box, which is only however many cards is in that deck. And most people don't know that tarot used to be originally a Catholic card game. It card was, game, yep. Yeah, it yep. didn't ever get used. It was a Catholic, Roman Catholic card game specifically. <laughs> I do um, know that, yes. Yeah, so I told my mom then, she's like, no. And I was like, because <laughs> she's, yes. <laughs> she's Catholic. She didn't want to hear that. Um, so, um, but it's sort of a... I don't want to call it a crutch because for everybody, it's not that, but it was for me. I can, ex I can speak from my experience because it, what it did is it kept me from going deeper. It kept me from oh. believing in what I could really do and perceive. And then I went on, I left that behind. And then I went on to discern through guides, right? So I would speak to people's guides. I'd speak to their angels. I'd speak to my angels and, and my guides. And then I realized that those folks they are carrying their baggage too the guides aren't better than you and the angels aren't better than you mm. and they're not perfect um okay. and so then i realized well do i really want like where is all this information coming from in the first place that's where yes. right? that's the source field so really good seeing an empowerment here here's the two ways to do it okay and just like i've said to everybody else it's a time of mastery so new tools practice and master these things on your own in your own way it's going to be unique to you first don't ask anybody else don't use any other tools just ask the source field and always use a framework question that makes sense like source show me source god show me what this person needs to know right now about blank or if they have really specific questions show me what we need to know about this thing that they have asked about right and try to narrow it down get people out of their stories the stories don't help with the seeing at all I no, don't, I, I won't let people get into their stories when we're in session. I stop them. Um, and I say, your, the story doesn't matter. The energy matters. We need to narrow this down. What do you really need to know about? And come up with a single question. And then ask, open yourself fully, 100%, your third eye, your heart space, your gut, your, your core of light. And ask source, show me, show me. And what'll happen is, and it'll take some time. It'll get faster, say, it'll yeah. get faster the more you do it. But it's happening already. It's already been happening for you. Because when oh. you read the tarot, you see stuff. 
but let I it do. yeah so so don't worry about the tarot the tarot is a very small construct from which you can perceive your third eye can see the whole universe it's and everything from past present and future you everything has already been created everything's already happened in source so everything is possible so it'll arise and you'll see all kinds of great detail as if you just got shown the most incredibly detailed painting or for me now it's a full body movie and i can taste touch smell everything and it can actually end up as a full body psychic experience that's what the oracle state is so then and you think i can do that oh yeah everybody okay. can everybody can everybody can okay everybody. <laughs> okay um, but i now now it, it it's gonna for me it's really easy because that's my skill set and just take your time but how do we make sure we're not um people aren't dependent on us how do we make sure that the person is guiding for their empowerment <laughs> i always ask i ask a couple of questions so okay. i'm not, i so i'll describe the scene i'm seeing it's not supposed to make sense to you linda i know it won't right i Good. know yeah, 99% of the things you, you're going to, that we see in the universe, we do not have any understanding of. It's not necessarily your job. It's your job to describe it the best that you can. So like, here's a quick example. I had a long time ago when I started to realize that these things were true. I had a session with a man and I said, I see this blue dog. And this blue, dog, this blue dog is running around like crazy and he wants to give you this message, but I have no idea what this blue dog means. And he starts to cry and he's like, oh my gosh, that's my blue healer from when I was oh. a kid. Right. And so the, so it meant something to him. And so how do you make sure that the person that you're doing work for is responsible and empowered? You keep asking him, does this make sense? Are we on the right track? Does this resonate with you? I even do it in interviews. I'll say, Alara, does this make sense? To make sure we're on track for the whole community. That way you're making sure that they're guiding it. Because sometimes they're going to say, it doesn't make sense. Can we try it at a different angle? So then you wipe the whole slate clean and you ask again. Okay. And if you have to do it five times, if somebody's really struggling, do it five times. They'll be so grateful that you were willing to try a different angle. And so, then I can send them healing besides too, right? Yeah, if they ask for that, sure. Or you teach okay. them how to heal themselves, right? True. Yes. Because um, I I just listened to Gene Decode, and he was really interesting. He was talking about the universe and everything inside of it. And he said, oh, what did he say? He said that, um, he was talking about the past way, you know, you were talking 800,000 years ago before, when, before we started all this. <laughs> and um, he was saying that uh, about Muria and Atlantis and stuff like that. And I, I looked and I'm going, oh my gosh, my poetry said the same thing. How would I know that? I must have been around for a heck of a long time. Well, if you're here for the end of this age and the end of this grand cycle, we'll call it, then certainly you were going to be interested in being around at those the end of those ages. 
Eden was an age, Lemurio, Melchizedek, the yeah. Atlantis, there were 60, Jesus, yeah. there were 66 of these ages. So, and they all have different names. And yeah, many of us really like being at the end of ages. It's, it's it gets more interesting than usually. <laughs> we hope so. Thank you, Elizabeth. I don't want to take up any more time. You're wonderful as always. So thanks so much. Thank you, Alara. Thank you, Linda. And practice, practice, practice. Mm -hmm. All right, you got to practice. We have uh, can we take Nazila? Yeah. Yes. Nazila, Hello, yeah. everyone. Um, thank you. Thank you, Elizabeth and Alara, for the great work you do. I have a question in regards to, um, uh, to surrender and forgiveness. And I just got a call. I apologize. I'm on my phone. My screen went back. Uh, I have done ton of work like a lot of other people have done, but I just feel like I am grappling and struggling with uh, forgiving my ex. And I have sheets of paper in front of me in kitchen. I release, I let go, I dissolve my karma with you. I keep repeating and I've, you know, I've done Reiki, Kundalini yoga, teacher training, you name it. I, I'm ashamed to say I took myself to school. Uh, I have my master's in spiritual psychology and psyche in clinical psychology. I've done, like I've been to Peru, Nepal. I've done everything I can, yet I am stuck. I've done ancestral work. I am aware of, you know, my lineage and the woman in my lineage and the men that were womanizers and uh, men, uh, you know, I, I, I am... I've studied so much, yet I'm still struggling. Can you, I mean, on an intellectual level, I know, and I'm existing in the 3D and I can't jump up to higher levels because I, I know I, I'm keeping myself stuck in this, yet I know I have so much information. I know, yet I'm uh, stuck in this. Yeah. If I can let go of this man, you know, this is where I am. Gotcha. Well, I'm happy to help you see this blind spot. We all have them, even especially me. <laughs> so your blind spot is actually demonic bondage. There's a bondage that comes from your genetic line. And then it's hooking quite nicely in with the bondage that your ex's genetic line has. So you have a chain of bondage that has been really consistent and is not dislocated because the, the bondage that he's inherited, the demonic will choose entire family lines to, to basically feed off of because they live for so long. And so when we have a, a like a, an input, right? We might have a, a link in our demonic bondage lineage that comes through that's been torturing all of our family members for hundreds, even thousands of years. And we end up connecting with somebody whose genetic bondage equals that and are same energetic and is similar. Then you end up having this even longer chain of demonic bondage that occurs, right? So, the, the, the way that you're going to have to 
deal with this is to, in order to deliver yourself from the bondage, because one of the clues that it's demonic bondage is the obsessive, the obsession, that it seems like you can't get rid of it, no matter all of the tools that you've learned, that it's beyond you. And it seems to have a lot more hold on your mind than, than anything. And it's overwhelming and you're doing your very best. Well, it's not him that you're at war with now. So we have to switch our viewpoint. Who do you need to address? Who is holding you hostage? It's not him. It's the this these two demonic energies that are, have a grand hold over your subconscious and any traumas there. So that being said, demons are only demons only work on people um because they feed off of a certain specific energy each demon just like each angel has a unique energetic that they're interested in and so the energy you're gonna have to get to the bottom of exactly what the two energies are because it's going to be two of them and you got to be really precise so if if your ex and i think he was a narcissist yes yeah. You're right on. So the the bottom the bottom of the pot for narcissism is shame. Something triggered him as a very very young child, triggered a propensity that basically said it's it's me versus the universe, because I never want to feel that shame ever again. I'll do anything to not face it, and that causes an event in biology that creates the narcissistic disorder um now for your lineage it'll be different and so you've studied carefully your genetic lineage if you get to the bottom of all of those traumas there's going to be something in particular that pops out so here um i'm going to give all of you a gift and um it's in the chat and if you listen to this replay and you can't find the link, the class called Empaths and Entities, I go through in detail exactly how to free yourself from this bondage. It, and please share this freely. It's my gift to anyone who needs it. If you have friends and family who need it, or your therapist, you think they should know about this stuff, give it to them. I talk about, um, I talk very clearly about all the types of empaths and I talk very clearly about demonic entities and bondage and how do you free yourself from this situation and so basically in a nutshell once you know what those energies are the exact specific ones it's, it, for you it's going to be two in particular that means it's two polarities then you have to know what's the other side of those polarities what's the other side of narcissistic shame and no Linda Narcissism is not always demonic possession at all. Um, but narcissists, demonic energies can move through narcissists more easily. So that's definitely why it seems like they're possessed, but they might not be. They're more easily possessed, yeah, and they're more easily oppressed. So the... Um, and Melissa, if you want to get a different class because you already bought it last night, <laughs> you can just email me. Um, 
but you want to work with these polarities. So you have two, you have two and it, it's perfect. They're like a chain link. So if it's shame, what's the opposite of shame? You need to look at your ex and understand that and his lineage to understand what that polarity is on that side. It's going to be unique. There's not always a perfect answer for what the other side of shame is. Everyone might be different. So you need to know what that is. But for you, if you can nail down the energy on your genetic line and know what the opposite energetic is, and it'll be unique to your family, then you can begin to collapse polarities and you and you're going to you're going to dissolve these chains not just for yourself my friend but thousands and thousands of people when we dissolve these chains chains we're dissolving the power that the demonic has over sometimes hundreds of thousands of people so this is why it's no small task. This is why you've struggled so hard, but now you know more than you could have ever imagined about these things. <laughs> and now you know when to find this very, un it, this is an unusual situation to have two chains like this. Usually it, people just end up having one um, from their line, but now you've had two because you, you were married. Right. So many of us might face these things, but this is this is big. So you, so you have some very precious work to accomplish. But again, since we're in the energies we are in, this will happen quite quickly once you apply it. So does this make sense? Absolutely. Thank you so much. This is really profound and huge information that uh, you shared right now so generously and lovingly and uh, really supportive thank you so much what I wanted to share was that I've looked into my lineage uh, and my grandfather had seven wives and uh on both sides, my mother lost her mother at birth I've really studied and really delved into it so when you say if when you nail this down it's going to have a ripple effect I I am aware of the fact um it's so much it's uh, it's multiple wives on both sides and there was narcissism I've looked into my lineage from the men moving my father my grandfathers there was narcissism there I've looked into the victim consciousness of the woman and the suffering. I've really studied deeply understanding my roots. I can't see you. I have somebody else on the screen. Um, Some, well, uh, oh, okay. Now I see you. Talking, yeah. okay. okay, good. Uh, uh, um, yes. It, 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 it's interesting. I couldn't see you and I felt like a moment of you, you need that attachment connection with your mom. I felt like I'm getting disoriented by not being able to see you, but I was aware of that. I'm, I'm, I'm aware of a lot of these yeah, things. Yeah, you're super aware. This is, you came here to do something really big. So this is, this is a very grand task. You're not alone. Thank but, you. Bless you. Bless you. I've been knocking at bigger. so many doors and yet I see what, and then I keep blaming myself. What's wrong with me? Why can't I get through this lock? You know, it's, simple. it's so simple. Um, what this requires simply is that we all need each other. 
you you needed to be seen today, Nazila, and you needed to do the amount of work you've done so far. And then we, and because we can't see our own poster when our nose is up against it, I need people to see me too. I I have a teacher. I have people I go to to see, psychically see me because I have we have so many blind spots, especially when we choose such complex and really dense stuff in our lives that we're here to break down. It's okay to seek out to be seen sometimes just to get an assessment of where you're at. I do all the time. Maybe it was meant yeah. to be. I really believe. Thank you so you're much. Absolutely. Thank you. Many. I'm glad blessings. you're here, Nazila. Thank you. L lots of love. Thank you. My pleasure. Yeah, and what a gift uh, that Elizabeth is sharing with uh, with everyone as well. Um, the empath and entities class. All right, so um, we still have people with questions, with hands raised, questions in the chat, et cetera, but I just want to take a minute, um, Elizabeth, and talk about the, the class, the package that you're offering, because, you know, we could definitely talk forever. <clears throat> Give me one second. I'm just going to share my screen. It's really quick, everyone, so not to worry, because it's pretty simple. All right, here we go. So basically, Elizabeth is offering a class, I think it's March 10th um, march 12th 12th march 12th right yeah a time of mastery the deep field of mysticism um and it's only available to all of us so elizabeth do you want to tell us a little bit about what we're going to be experiencing during that call during that class yes basically a deeper extrapolation of what we've gone through today i gave you a taste of what we're what i intend for this class and Furthermore, I'd like to especially say that this whole discussion around manifestation is so important, and I and I do really want to unwrap that process precisely for you in this class because I'm getting more and more questions. So it's it's appropriate. It means that it's ready in the field. People are ready. They want to know. Well, if it's not manifesting, then what are we doing? Exactly. <laughs> how, how do we build the New Earth. Well, I've got you covered. And so we're gonna we're gonna really take our telescope and look at the deep field and recognize what are some of these guiding rules that are still there and beyond what what all humans have gone through. Um, and so this is this is like um, this year I I decided I was gonna stop censoring myself. I've been censoring myself for years and I decided that I was going to really go all the way into uh, the esoteric because mm -hmm. I've, <laughs> I've often, yeah I've often um I've often padded it up with scientific stuff and um I've padded it um and so I'm going deeper into true mysticism which is what my lineage is here to do is to hold the dimensions open so in a nutshell my intent is for you to learn in this class what does that feel like when all of the dimensions are open that's my goal for mm -hmm. you to be able to experience that in this single class and with that one experience just like i was explaining to you to feel the field the way i described it and just to contemplate it that experience will work on you and it will help you open more doors and dimensionality in yourself 
naturally. So it's a big pump, a push of light into your body and experience. That's what this particular class is. That's why I'm calling it a time of mastery. All of you are already masters. You're all masters. So I want to help reveal that to you. What does that look like exactly? What are you a master of? <laughs> and we're going to get to the bottom of it. Awesome. So again, this package is as a one as, as a one class. Usually it goes for, I think the last one that you did was like two and a half hours or more. Yeah, usually two, two and a half, three hours. Mm -hmm. Yeah, two and a half, three hours. Um, and so this is going to be taking place on March the 12th. So definitely um book your seat now because um i know the last one that we did in january it was pretty full so that was great and there's there's so much to experience and it's about experiencing right opening up to experience more about the clear light the clear wave what's happening now the 12 dimensions like you were just talking about and the trend and truly what is manifestation and what's not right and and so much more so that is going to be available for all of you i'll share the link in the um in the emails and i will also share the link in the chat for those of you who would like it now um give me one second i will do that as well and um i know we just have a few more quick questions elizabeth do you have just a few more minutes yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. all right so here's the link for the package um yeah so jill i think you were next felicia i will try and type put in the chat again the link for the free gift i let me find it <laughs> it's in the it's way back oh can't find it but go ahead jill sorry i'm not sure just... thank you hi i'm in your spheres of influence class and absolutely loving it um Good, thank you yeah i'm in that place of uh i can feel you know i've been feeling the shift coming but now i'm starting to realize that it's going to create a big shift in my profession or something something <laughs> is afoot um and i i have studied with shaman 20 years ago i've gotten my skill set enough i'm a i'm a medical practitioner so enough to blend i'm one of the few doctors who journeys with their patients as well as <laughs> check their blood pressure <laughs> um but i and i've written a few books and it's all been very medical but i'm kind of coming out of the closet on this and i've been at major piece just living with this dictum that my job is joy like mm -hmm. that's my ultimate job underneath everything is joy and but been so obsessed with learning more learning more learning more I've, i feel like i'm taking myself through medical school again only with mysticism <laughs> and, yeah. yeah and i feel like it's creating a lot more disturbance and there's this like i don't know i'm at this really strange point of like it, is there more teaching or is it like okay it's time to just walk away and be back in joy and just let it roll you know <laughs> i like this this is i relate a lot um because i love academia and would have loved to be a medical doctor all those things mm -hmm. um now what i see for you in particular is that you actually kind of named it and it doesn't mean that you have to like quit your job, though you might want to do something radical in order to establish this in consciousness. Maybe it's a ritual of identity, right? So mm. there is a way to shift out of identity 
And um, if I can give you a short story to explain, it's the best way I can explain. Yes, I love your stories. So that's very helpful. <laughs> so, so when we face this, these moments of identity shift, sometimes doing a, a ritual around identity broadly isn't enough. So at one point I had done a whole body of work in university and then later I did a whole body of work in mysticism and at both times I was tasked to walk away from that body of work entirely and it always feels like you're getting fired from your favorite job but you're also getting a, a huge promotion in consciousness or you just were handed an amazing award but also got fired at the same time. So you're going to have both of these disturbing emotions show up and it's going to feel like a grand dichotomy. Um, another point in time that this happened to me was when I realized I needed to let go of utilizing the chakra system altogether. And by walking away from that body of work, it felt so confusing and disorienting and strange, but I discovered something even what I, what I consider just as useful perhaps even more precious was the golden ratio in the body which mm -hmm. i would never have discovered if i wasn't willing to walk away from the chakra system for a while mm -hmm. um, and so you're kind of being asked to do something similar now of course you're you have clients you have a business it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to walk away from that but you might rename yourself you might go through it but using ritual Mm. rituals your key here and and you understand the power of ritual because journey mm. is ritual um in this case writing down on a piece of paper specifically what you're willing to give up in consciousness even though you might not be doing that in the 3d exactly but saying i'm okay with no longer identifying as any of these skill sets anymore mm. i'm willing to give them up the willingness is what's going to get you the next breakthrough because you're right on the verge of something mm -hmm. it's called a coat closet of consciousness <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're in the liminal space you're in the mm -hmm. space between spaces which is why it's so disorienting and you have no idea where you are but you got to look down and say well what have i been wearing that got me this far it got me this far but it's not going to get me beyond this next door to the next party mm -hmm. So what am I wearing? Okay. And this, make that assessment, decide what you're willing, get naked, decide mm -hmm. to get this whole thing off, get it on a piece of paper and use doorways. Doorways do crazy stuff to the brain. As you know, doors are weird. They like reset your brain. There's a, yes. it's a phenomenon. I don't remember the name of it, but it's very real. And this is why I use them a lot. I use the declaration through this threshold kind of statements exactly. all and the time. Mm -hmm. This is why there's doorways to nowhere in all cultures everywhere. Um, so using a doorway to say like, I'm really willing, I'm willing to be nothing. Mm -hmm. I'm willing to be nothing. And then when you are, you go through that doorway, you burn your piece of paper, you hang out and being nothing for a little bit. And what will appear, and it doesn't take long, what will appear is the new dress, the new part or whatever outfit you want, maybe it's something else, but it'll appear because it comes from the soul. 
and it's going to say here's what the next outfit is the next identity and it'll probably be a lot more sheer <laughs> it's not going to have as because <laughs> we're more formless we're in formless time so it's going to be this very gauzy unique energy of basically wearing your soul's essence mm-hmm. and, and just as an as an aside many of you have what we call multi-dimensional essences so so those folks they will need to always find new stuff to learn about and new things to master and then there's people who have more like a laser beam essence where it's very singular um and and they can just settle into the single thing that they're excellent at um and that's what ended up happening to me because my energy is like a laser beam i'm just like a flashlight um, but then there's people who are very multidimensional and and your job is to perceive through many, many facets and collect lenses like allopathic medicine and Ayurveda and, uh, and Chinese medicine and uh, shamanic journeying and you co- you that's your purpose <laughs> in order to mm-hmm. in order to create more joy for more uh, types of people. So, when you shift your identity out of the way through this process, you're going to end up finding some more facets that you didn't have access to. And that'll be your carrot on the stick reason why you need to be less Jill. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've already changed my name, actually. That's so funny. I changed my name a few years ago. And I do feel like I'm already there. Like my, my heart is there. My brain is there. I just don't know what that looks like in, in, practicality and logistics you know it's a really confusing place you still have more dimensional work to do because you've got your mind there Mm -hmm. but you know these things have to percolate out into many dimensions and that's where it gets disorienting because some of those doors are shut still Mm. Um, which is normal We, we do this every time we're in a human life and so that this will feel familiar this activity but if you just trust and you're willing that that's all you have to do is be willing to give it all up as Mm -hmm. as you have been and and um it might not mean you have to change your name again but there's gonna (laughs) be some obvious thing that'll be like okay well then we we do that to make it more 3d or, or whatever it looks like Right. Yeah. The 3D world knows me as that because I've written books and that's, uh, you know, but it's like, I'm already so past that. I'm like, you know, (laughs) all that's there. And and those books exist in the, in the dimensions and parties that you played in. And, and then, then, but your, your job's not to hang out in one single place. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I like the idea of ritual. Thank you. My pleasure. I find ritual incredibly powerful. I don't use it enough. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think everybody should use it all the time. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. Jill. You're welcome, Jill. Um, all right, we're going to go to Avea, and this might be our last question because you know, otherwise, we'll be here forever. And hold on, Avea, can you un- unmute? Hi, yes. Avea. Thank you. Hi. <laughs> oh, I said good. your name properly. You did. Thank you. I feel like you've answered uh, my questions and more every single time you answered somebody else. 
And it sort of like has been like, whoa, whoa. Oh, wait, do I still have a question? Oh, I could hold on to that question. But no, that has like a force field on it. Don't hold on to that question. Then, it, you know, sort of a new one would arise. So I'm going to just try to uh, <laughs> ask a question. Um, so in a way, there's like these like, oh, my goodness, so much joy, so much um awakening evolution coming in of the 12 dimensional aspects. It just feels really natural, right? It just is like right here, right now. Um, and I, I feel there's a couple of things. I feel like there's been some things that I've wanted always, and I don't fully have them yet. And that's a weird way of saying it, but it's like aspects of embodiment. Mm -hmm. So I've always wanted to have complete access to the library. I've wanted to be that library and I've watched other people who are like that. And I'm like, I don't know that. And I feel it energetically. I feel it somatically. Um, I sort of don't want anybody to tell me what it is. I want to know it directly myself. Right. Um, and I, you know, there's more of that, but it's still very ethereal. So that's one. And then let's go. Let's keep it to one. Let's okay. Because okay. I have plenty to share. <laughs> okay. So, your desire and your set of desires, and you're very aware of them. This is very good. You really want to discover them more. You want to hang out with them and get to know them as as books in the library. Okay. Um. And you also equally need to spend just as much time on your fears because desires and fears in consciousness, they point to something, they triangulate. So your present and then your fear and desire actually triangulates, it points you to something. It points you to these locks that you're talking about. These, it's like, wow, why is it so easy for uh, say Elizabeth to be a, become the library of consciousness or it seems easy it wasn't <laughs> but um it it did happen more quickly than say for you in this life um now the these are locks right so in in this case in consciousness a lot of times for advanced souls there's 12 locks because there's 12 dimensions and there's lots of ways to understand these locks, but the one that's going to work best for you is your fear-desire dynamic. So you need 12 desires and 12 fears that match them. So, so perhaps around, for example, the access to the library being left behind in consciousness would balance that out, right? So that's a big lock. If you can get neutral about both of these things and just let your fear work on you about being left behind let that dissolve any structures i i feel it right here in my body being left behind in consciousness that means that i have stuff around around my uh feeling left behind in the physical because it's on my right side of the body and if it's on the left it's being left behind in the you're being left behind in the spiritual world for me, it's physical because I'm ill all the time. So I, I have chronic mm -hmm. uh, genetic disease and it, I feel like like I'm getting left behind all the time when my kids can run around and I can't move. 
Um, so I can feel my own structures there, but you want to notice how are there structures here? And then how in the desire energy, how does that feel in my body? Well, I feel it here in my throat. I have desire to tell everybody about every single piece of the library if I can help it. Um, so just noticing these things in the body, right? And you're quite right. This game is all about embodiment this time. So because we're here to change into a new species at a body level. So these are 12 locks. Now, when you understand the dynamics of the 12 locks that you've brought yourself into, you're going to see this and you're going to feel a neutral space where you don't feel so much fear and desire about these things because that wasn't the point at all. It, the desire is actually pointing to a doorway or a lock, right? It's pointing to a dimension and the fear is also pointing to that same dimension. And so once you have all, all these understood, you have a grand opportunity to go even farther into embodiment. And what that looked like for me happened last year. And I had a vision where, and you might've heard me describe this, Perhaps not, but I had a vision where I was thrown into the library of consciousness into a part that I didn't know. And here I thought that I really had this whole place down. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, this is new. And I see this big, huge cast iron gate with 12 locks and all 12 had been opened. And it was this huge brand new place in consciousness. And I was like, wow. Whoever figured out how to open these locks, they must be so powerful. <laughs> and so I peek around the corner of this giant gate and there's this huge being like 10 feet tall of bright white and gold light. And it was very intimidating and it wasn't an angel. And I was looking at this amazing being and it was reading this huge book on a pedestal, like out of Narnia or something. And it was really into this book. <laughs> and then the being turns and looks at me and suddenly I got shot into the universe and then reconstituted and realized that I was that being, that it was me. And I looked down at the book and it's my Elizabeth life. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. And so to just make sure it was my life, I flipped back and I found all this stuff this is this is amazing and then I started to get curious about where I was at and I realized that there was a window to my right just like this and there, there was this pure white light looks exactly kind of like what's happening here in the video and realizing that the whole library was being created by this light and I had this very weird phenomena that hasn't stopped where I know that I'm reading the Elizabeth book and I am this incredible soul. That's what I was seeing. And that the Elizabeth life, I had worked really hard to get to this life because this is the one, this is the one where I'm going to embody enlightenment, just like you. And I'd worked so hard for this. But I was also really wanting to go out the window. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like been this very strange experience. So I told my teacher this and she starts laughing at me. And she's like, Elizabeth, the window's in you. 
the windows here, here inside of you in the cave of Brahma. And there's, there's, there's lots of caves of Brahma through your whole core of light. There's lots of entry points. And for me, of course, it would look like a window instead of a door. But, you know, whenever there's not a door, there's a window, right? So um, this is, this, this is meant to inspire you to recognize that you're already there. Now all you're being asked to do is look at the, the locks. Look at the locks. <laughs> Understand them. Understand the, the locks. You're not, in order, all you have to do is know them and understand them, feel them, and then they open. And then you'll have the same phenomena. And you'll be able to do what you came to do, which was to embody all of those things, like being having full access and embodying the library of consciousness. The fact is, Avea, you're already enlightened. You're already there. You already have embodied these things. It's just now you have to get clear about the illusions, the different structures that we can feel in different parts of our body and be aware of them. And as they break down, they it becomes more like a just a book you're reading. And so it's a very incredible phenomenon that will happen to you, but it's not going to take the same kind of work or effort the, that you've taken all these years. Now it's gonna be a very different skill set to get to that place and then find find the window inside of you and jump. Jump out the window. <laughs> that makes sense. It's very esoteric here because that's where you're at. Yeah, no, I, I feel it. I felt uh, as I was about to ask the question, so much terror, so much resistance, just like huge. And so the question I still want to ask is like, that level of resistance feels like death. It feels like the the opposite of aliveness and i just want to run from it is that one of the 12 oh yeah and so it's quite important for you to jump into that because it's not death that's the ego saying if you go there i'm gonna die which is true the ego can't survive in the void my friend but your soul is from the void so the ego gets left behind on the edge of the universe. <laughs> and that, that separation is very physical. You feel it as if it's death. But then once it occurs, it becomes very clear it wasn't death at all. In this type of mysticism, we get into higher states faster by jumping head first into the terror. It, <laughs> There's one task that you do every day. It's to find your fear and to walk into it. <laughs> Just like death is your greatest teacher and informer, it's the same. It, it's the same teaching. And yeah, when you go out onto the edge and you're like, "Wow, the void looks black. It looks like there's nothing there." And if we go there, I might not exist. That's your ego talking. And so you just bow to your ego and say, then you stay here with a lawn chair and a margarita and you hang out here because I'm going in. And there's this very dramatic separation 
where there's your body, your ego, and your soul, and your soul goes into the void, and then you realize, oh my gosh, the void is perfect light. It's just still. It's not moving. And that's why it feels like death. Mm -hmm. But then it's not. It's from which all things arise. Mm -hmm. And it's the perfect stillness. And there's tons of light in the void. It just doesn't have a source. Everything inside the moving egoic universe, all that energy and light and information and, and all the density, all of it has a source every time. But the great source of the whole universe, where you're really wanting to go, that's the void where there is no source to the light. It just is. That's mm -hmm. the best way I can describe it. So follow your fear. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're welcome. You can do it. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Amaya. And, you know, you had the resistance, you know, before the, asking the question and you survived, right? That's right. <laughs> it felt like death, but you're still here. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Yes. Um, March 12th at 10 a.m. Eastern time. And it'll be, it's going to be the day after daylight savings, which I wish they'd finally get rid of it. But hmm. <laughs> it's the day after that. So if everyone gets a little confused about the time, just consider that. Um, it'll be, it, it'll still be at 10 a.m. Eastern time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Regarding, regardless of what's happening, it's still 10 a.m. Eastern time. 10 a.m. Eastern time. That's all you have to know. I know I, I sometimes, because of the time, of the time zone differences, like, okay, well, what time is that now? It's like, cause we in Europe, we go, uh, forward a week or two before you guys. And it's like, I have to get it straight and make sure all the shows are at the right time. It's like, that's why I say, whatever it is, Eastern time, that's what time the show is. Whatever it is, Eastern time, that's what time Elizabeth's class is. 10 a.m. Eastern. That's all I have to know. <laughs> yeah. And um, I'll, um, once everyone signs up, I'll send everybody who's on the sign up a link the day before and just a reminder about the timing. So um, yeah. I'll. I, I've been trying my best to manually send everybody the links they need. Um, but I also, and, and after people purchase, they get the link to the, to the Zoom as That's well. Right. They do. So, yep. Yeah. And then I will, of course, send you all the, you should already start receiving the, the names of the purchasers. So then you have all of that, but I will send you another list right before. Oh, thank you. Very good. Yeah. All right. So... <laughs> I mean, normally at the end of a show, I say, okay, last words of wisdom. <laughs> but there was this, like, it was complete wisdom throughout the whole call. You know, so it's like, I don't even know what else you could possibly say. Yes, the 12th of March is when the U.S. will spring forward. It's Correct. still 10 a.m. Eastern, whatever time that happens to be. <laughs> I guess if I was to give one last word of wisdom, and, and there's been this lovely theme of joy. And that it's very important to do things that bring you joy. But see if you can try a mystical task. Find things that bring you joy and peace and calm that fit the purity of the initiate. And recognize that you and everyone else around you, there's no one better than you. 
there's no one more knowledgeable at a soul level. We've all come from the beginning of time. It's that we're all intrepid. We're all intrepid. We're all here at the edge of consciousness in places that no one has ever been, not even our great ancestors from other planets, which is why there's so many of us from so many different star families here. So if you, while it's very important to do that, seek out your fear, balance it out. Find those little things that are very pure that can bring you joy. you know, when's the last time you colored a coloring book? Play with your cat. Get out and, um, you know, if it's time to start sprouting some seeds for spring, get into that. Just think about what you used to like to do when you were very young before you were all sorts of programmed <laughs> and and pull it all out, you know. Um, or try something new. I, I got a whole bunch of crochet stuff. I'm going to learn how to crochet. Oh, fun. Yeah. (laughs) These are the, instead of drinking wine, I'm going to crochet. There you go. Exactly. Instead of drinking wine, I'm going to play with the dogs. And, you know, yeah, I'm I'm also taking, I don't know if I told you, courses in university. I'm finishing my psychology degree. Yes, I'm super excited for you. And And so, so, yeah, I'll be, uh, I think next year, because I can't take more than two classes at a time. I just don't have the time. But um, this term, I was taking religion. And so we just learned a little bit about Jainism and the cosmology. Oh, cool. Jainism. So that was interesting. But yeah. <laughs> so that's my that's my happy place. Learning more, you know, learning more, learning more, learning more. And of course, the boys, you know, playing with the boys. And that, I find that's the that brings me the most joy is when I'm playing with the boys, just rubbing Timmy's belly for two minutes because he could go on forever that just brings so much joy and peace it's like oh can you mean your dog boys because i'm seeing you rub a very large boy's belly <laughs> yeah so timmy is bigger than neo but yeah they're both boys and oh my god they're just like so good when they're not barking they're so good yeah and i challenge everyone like sarah like sarah has done go get on a swing set like go swing go on to get on the playground yeah. And get out in the sun. I totally agree. I, whenever the sun comes out, I'm standing outside for like five, 10 minutes, just enjoying the sun. And of course, when we're walking, I'm looking now for like springtime, you know, like flowers starting to bloom. I'm looking for the first signs of spring because that's that's fun for me, right? Hearing all the birds. That's yeah. I just love here's, that. Here's something cool too, just for fun. Um, if you can find it or something like it, there's this book. And of course, it's going to show up backwards on the video, but it's called Nature Smart. And it's this huge book full of the most amazing crafts that anyone could love and get into, especially adults. My children love it. And so this is super fun. Stuff like this. Mm-hmm. If you can pick one thing to work on a few things a week, that's, you know, that's my message of wisdom. <laughs> Go play. <laughs> Go play. Exactly. Go play. I'm just so excited because now that it's warmer out, I can start to blow bubbles, you know, because like the Neo loves bubbles, you know, I love bubbles, you know, so that's, you know, it's like a little thing, right? But it's like so much, it brings you so much lightness and joy and laughter. It's like, that's what we need to do that to balance out the heavy stuff. Absolutely. The fairy fairy realm's wide open right now and fairies are the best at play. So if you can't think of anything, go build a fairy house in your yard. Mm -hmm. Cute. Yes. Good idea. 
All right, wonderful. So please do join us on March 12th for Elizabeth's next class with us. It's going to be so amazing. The January class was amazing. This March one is going to be even more amazing. There's always so much wisdom that comes through, so many tools and processes. You know, even the ones today that that Elizabeth brought through was were amazing. You know, they if you use them, implement them, that you will start to find yourself changing transforming your life will start to transform and that's what it's about right that is what it's about that's why we are here to embody more light embody more awareness embody more consciousness and yeah and you know like you were talking about embodied enlightenment that's why we're here that's you know it's like i i keep saying that to myself all the time like why am i here why am i getting distracted by this that and the other thing i'm here to friggin be enlightened what the what the heck i can't swear it's like what the heck you know so you're like enough you know so yeah there's a big push coming so um yes be, be aware of that for yourself too and uh do the best you can right do the best you can thank you so much elizabeth thank you so much everybody all your questions comments and feedback thank you thank you thank you and elizabeth you are just so so gracious you have so much wisdom and you're i just love you i just I think you're amazing that. thank I you think you're amazing thank you thank you thank you all right everyone um <laughs> It'll be a while before the replay comes out because this is two and a half hours. It's going to take a while for it to process, but it'll be out later today. All right. So thank you. And um, sending you all unconditional love and light and blessings. May you continue to be blessed with an abundance of joy, peace, love, happiness, prosperity, and radiant health. Have a great weekend, everyone. Much love. Namaste. Bye, everyone.